Hello and welcome to the new super sweet OLED edition of Dungeons and Diapers. Uh, we are now in a higher res than ever. You get the sweet look at uh, the Croft and Steers face. That's me, Croft and Steers. And the, also the, the too close look at the Ryan Murphy face. That's my co-host, Ryan Murphy. And we look good in docked uh, in handheld mode. But in dock mode, we look, you know, pretty much the same. So, uh, so yeah, uh, welcome to the show. And uh, with me is my co-host, Ryan. We're going to talk about some stuff. Ryan, how goes it? Uh, good. Are, are you buying? You're not buying a Switch OLED, are you? Uh, I am not buying a Switch OLED. But if there was one person that clearly doesn't need one that I could see buying one, it would be you. <laughs> You all see. Here's the thing. There's a little game coming out alongside the Switch OLED called Metroid Dread, the long-awaited, uh, two decades in the making uh, game that I am buying. And it, I, I, you know, like I'm a huge Metroid fan, and that looks great to me. I, I'm glad that it works in my original Switch, so that I don't need to buy a new one. So where were you going with that, Ryan? Just that I spent an awful lot of money on Metroid Dread, so now I can't. I'm, I'm, okay, okay. I thought you were setting up, a, and it's going to, and the only way to truly experience it is by squinting at a small screen in the palm of my hand. Oh, I'm playing um, that thing on the TV, and no, like the only, I, I can touch on this, like the only reason, I'm not buying a Switch OLED. I think I would have bought a Switch OLED if it actually impacted the graphics in dock mode, because I don't play yeah. handheld very much. Um, but I also bought the amiibo double pack and the special collector's edition of Metroid Dread. So I'm I'm I, I can't buy any more Nintendo stuff this year. I think I'm I think I'm at my cap. So what what is this amiibo double pack? Like how much more so in Canada for the for our American listeners mm. listener, it is a it, it costs like eighty bucks Canadian, seventy nine ninety nine to buy a new Switch game like from Nintendo generally. Uh so what what is this one with double amiibos? Is that like the game and two amiibos? And how much does that run? Mm. Now, well, uh, I could tell you this: it's two separate things. The amiibos are uh, Samus, the new Samus suit. I don't know what they're calling her new suit, but she she looks blue this time around. Let's call it the blue suit. The blue suit, but not not the uh, not the zero suit. Different kind of blue suit. And uh, so it's Samus, and also the new robot that I think is called like Emmy or yeah. Or... E M M I or something. M-E, yeah. Yeah. So that's the dual pack. I think that's, that's $40 before tax. Um, I, I love Amiibos. I swear if Ashley's listening to this, I only buy the ones that are cool. And then I don't already have a, a million versions of all Jigglypuff variants. Yeah. <laughs> I actually don't own a Jigglypuff. I, I think like, if I were to look behind me and I've, I've been doing more video calls for work and I've had people ask like, what's on your shelf back there? Cause it's not well lit. It's it, the shelf has lights, but I don't turn them on. Uh, and I'm like, Oh yeah, those are Nintendo figurines. <laughs> were they, were they, were the follow-up questions? Are you sure you're married or, <laughs> or, or you have children? Look, no, they a were... third of our listenership also con- uh, collects Amiibos. Look, so you got to watch it. I'm not making judgment calls. I am saying that the people on your call probably make judgment calls because right. people are jerks like that. But listen, uh, I I um I would buy the OLED thingy uh, if if it had, as you say, if it did one extra thing. Yeah. Like it right now, and and 
I'm I'm like you. I play in in dock mode, and I have to say, like after hemming and hawing about the the Switch Pro controller, I you know my my wife got it for me. I think for Christmas last year, and. I now have an Xbox Series X. Uh, just you know, just saying, no, no humble brag or anything. Just I have one, and uh, the, uh, the, the the controller is is good, and it's, it's I, I like it. But man, when I go like and put that Switch Pro controller back in my hand, I'm like, oh geez, this is the hotness. And so like it is, it is like my favorite controller essentially for my for this docked you know docked system and so i already like i feel like i can't get much better on terms of the controller and so unless something was better in terms of displaying screen or or load times or whatever that was like inherently like maybe some added functionality i never or i almost never play in in portable mode but ryan i think you and i are almost more the exceptions than the rule because other podcasts i listen to and believe it or not there are some others that talk about the switch oled um they um it seems like everybody's primary way of playing switch is in portable mode for some reason yeah, I could appreciate that. I I, I certainly can. I, I think like, yeah, <laughs> I think that when I sit down to play video games, for the most part, it's on the couch. It's with the TV, and um, I think uh, we we only have really one TV in in the whole house. We have an extra one downstairs for the kids, but I think like. Doc Moan's words at, but like honestly, like, I I like I'm, how you immediately canceled your own statement. I know you're like, we only have one TV in our house. If you don't count the other TV, <laughs> well, no one goes downstairs. That's that's yeah. the kids' room. <laughs> it's 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 a total mess down there. Um, I was gonna say though that I think that uh, you know, I'm kind of glad it only upgraded the screen. I can appreciate that there are, are a lot of people who play um, handheld mode and and we'll get a bonus from this new switch but for me it's like i didn't want to buy a 600 dollars new switch because i had just spent money buying a playstation 5 and a series x this this year already and i'm like right i don't want to have to go through the process of upgrading like another console i'm happy with the switch i have and it runs games just fine I would want it to go to the next, the next switch, like switch 2.0. I don't want them to, 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 to like hive off their market and be like what Nintendo 3DS did where they're like, Oh, this only runs on the new 3DS, you know? Um, like I, 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 I want it to be one marketplace until they go to the next, the next variant of the switch, which, which, um, you know, like say what you want about PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 4 pro. There were some very, there were some games that on a vanilla PS4 would probably just be teetering and the system would just be holding itself together. But at the same point, everything ran right. And, and um, so, so for the switch, uh, like I, I love the switch. It, it's, it use it all the time. It's, it's probably our, our family, fa- uh, favorite home family console. Uh, it's just, uh, I just, yeah, I can't justify. I will say this is the, um, the, going back to your Metroid uh, game, it, the Metroid game is like the first game, like since I've got the Series X and I, I shelled out for Game Pass and I get all these wonderful games, I haven't really I haven't really shelled out for, for a new game or being like day one purchase, so I'm going to get this thing. And, and uh, while I haven't bought it yet and will likely buy the digital version, the Metroid game is, is I'm probably going to buy – uh, day one so maybe the next time we do an episode of this show we can do kind of a double play of that game or exchange notes which is it's fun because we're often 
playing different things or doing, you know, different things. We'll be able to maybe, maybe uh, be playing the same game for once. Yeah, no, I think that'll be a lot of fun and, and do a little bit of a in-depth discussion on, uh, on dread. So yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun, but you know what? That's for next time. This time we're playing different games. So, uh, Ryan, why don't why don't we go down into the dungeons and you tell me what you have been up to? Right. So I have been playing Tales of Arise, which is a uh, I say brand new, but like it's a month old. So it's been out for a month, and we we just finally had a chance to talk about it. Uh, mainly because I haven't put a lot of time into it the past uh, recordings. But I, I've I've played quite a good chunk of it now. I, I think I've just finished the third sort of area, which which doesn't sound like a lot, but um, it's about twenty hours in, so I, I think it's it's a good chunk. Um, I I'm really liking this game as someone who's kind of come back to JRPGs, and I think it's safe to say like anime games. Um, yeah, it and and you know I say that, and then I, in the back of my mind it's like, well, is it an anime game? Like what is an anime game? Like, is an anime game just a game based on the Ryan, anime? I don't know. Ryan, let me, let me stop you. Okay. I, I can, I can help you with that one. It's an anime game. Okay, perfect. Keep going. Okay, good. That's what I thought. And then in the back of my mind, I was like, is it? Is it, it is. Okay. Oh good. yes. Very much. Look, and, and the reason I wanted to bring it up is because I know you and I talked about this and I said, well, you should check out Tales of Arise since you enjoyed Dragon Quest 11, which is most certainly an anime game. And uh, if Tales of Rise is one. Dragon Quest Eleven is one, but if you told me which of these, only one of them can be, then it's Tales of Rise. And see, this is the thing. Like, what is it about these two games where we kind of, you know, disagree on, on that aspect? Because from what I remember of Dragon Quest Eleven, it felt much more anime than Tales of Arise. Um, Tales of Rise felt more, at least from what I've played, much more serious. Uh, I know you played the demo, and I will agree with you. The demo of Tales of Arise picks up your characters and transports them to an area way farther in the game where you have all your characters. It's kind of spoilery in 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 that aspect, um, but it really does skip over a lot of the 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 general story of what's happening in in the game and kind of takes you to a more um, a more jovial. Uh, time where the yeah, six heroes are you know running across and killing monsters and just having a great time and there's these skits where everyone is being super animated to each other and uh but you you skip over a lot of like the setup in in the game and i think the beginning of tales of rise is very very serious in the sense that you have these two factions where one has enslaved the other the 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 renins have come in the the superior technology wielding renins have come in and enslaved all of the danins and have put them to work to like harvest astral energy that they use to okay yeah is that's again i hear myself <laughs> uh, see here's the thing right uh, I'm, I'm, I, that's just too easy so i'm not even gonna do it but what, okay. what i will what I will say to you is is that you are looking – and this is credit to you, uh, even though you made a mistake. Um, <laughs> you, 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 are, you are looking at – when you say defining anime, you're looking at it in a more whole, whole, uh, wholesome way as I am, than I am. You're, at a, you're looking at not just how the game looks, but the themes that it, that it has, how it's presented, and all of this. I, when I say anime, I just mean the visuals. 
Mm. Um, and so like uh, anime is an animation style. And yeah. just to be clear, Dragon Quest XI and Tales of Arise are both clearly anime art styles. However, of the two, my, my, while they're very different variants of anime art styles, I would say Tales of Arise to me seems like the one that is, is like even in the, the cutscenes, and I just played the demo as you mentioned, but in, in the cutscenes, like making food or different things, it was all like clear, like anime drawings, like where, whereas in Dragon Quest, they're all 3D models all the time. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it, it, it's different. That's why I'm saying if one of them is more anime looking than the other, it was Tales of Arise. Uh, that said, hearing you recap the story, I'm, I, I'm also thinking that it is also more anime. And look, before I come off as an anime hater here, and I do want to hear more about Tales of, Tales of Arise and, and your impressions of the overall story and game. Um, so uh, Game Pass just did a big game dump, right? Uh, hmm. There's a bunch of new 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 games on there, um, and some of which you know are really enticing to me. But I I did I did laugh because it's like four of them are anime, and um, and, and and of all of the games, two of those are the ones that attract me the most. One is called AI, the Somnium Files, which is on uh, Switch as well. And I, I, it was always expensive, but it's a visual novel. It's an anime visual novel. It's about, a, it's sort of by the, uh, the makers of this series of visual novels. And I've always been interested. So I'm probably going to download that and try it at one point. And the other one is called uh, Scarlet Nexus, I think, yep. and it came out. It came out earlier this year, and a lot of good reviews for it as well. And I looked at it, uh, and I'm like, man, should I download this and maybe get? Because I I would like a big RPG, but I'm not sure I want to spend, you know, the eighty bucks Canadian on Tales Tales of Arise yet. And I was like, oh, I could just download the Scarlet Nexus. But then I looked at it, and I'm like, I don't know, man. It looks it may look too anime. So maybe I'm maybe I'm hitting a limit. Uh, on it or maybe it's just that as you say i need to start it and get into it and look past it not just jump into the middle of a demo so yeah uh, i'm not necessarily you know um sitting i, I agree like scarlet nexus I, I did download it uh i started it that one felt a bit more cheesy to me like it has the cheesy dialogue the cheesy action i think what i really enjoyed about tales of rise and i'm not sitting here saying the entire tale series which i have played a couple of um are these super serious you know takes on 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 the, uh you know an anime story no like tales of rise i think just starts in a more serious tone the way the characters are talking to each other more it's a it's a better balance i find for for my taste specifically i think that there are jokey moments and i've certainly posted them you know, on Twitter of, you know, characters, this one character saying like, I don't like owls. So then of course the supporting character that is an owl, you know, um, goes after that character. And then everyone else around there, this is a skit. Everyone else around is, is continuing to have the conversation in the background. You can clearly see this owl attacking one of your characters. And then at the end of the skit, the character's like, is anyone going to stop this owl from attacking me? And that is, of course, super silly. So I'm not sitting here saying like, "Oh, Tales of Rise is so serious and it, and it and it does so well with everything." But I think it just strikes a better a better balance for me. And I will admit, I did not play enough of Dragon Quest XI. I can say that I played the demo, but the demo takes place right at the beginning of the game, and I think that would have been a better spot to give you an idea of the setup for Tales of Rise. But but I'll say this like. It also helps when you start at the beginning so that you have that 
natural ramp up of all the mechanics for combat. I cannot stand being like thrown into the middle of a JRPG and being like, hey, we know you wanted to play all the characters, so here you are in the middle of the game. Good luck going through these 20 screens to teach you how to do the combat. I much preferred the slow ramp up that I got, which is essentially what the developers wanted you to have in terms of learning how to play the game. And I felt that with Xenoblade Chronicles 2, where if you try to jump in halfway through, you're going to have no idea what's going on. But mastering those abilities over the course of the first 15 hours, that's where it feels like a better, you know, clip, you know? So Tales of Rise has what appears to be a very basic combat system where you are in, you were transported to an arena when you run into an enemy and you can run around, you can jump, you have some special abilities, but you also have a basic attack. And like, that's, that's the basic combat right at the beginning. But then they start to add like combo moves that you can, you know, trigger with your, your party mates. Then you have more party mates that are joining you in battle and you can switch between them and it's all real time. And, um, it just keeps building upon there to where you get to a point where at your first boss or in the second area, you really feel like combat is, is starting to is starting to click. So um, I, I'm really enjoying the combat. I'm, I'm enjoying the story. The characters are really good. Uh, there's definitely some cheese in there. Like you can do cosmetics. So you find these cosmetics by finding owls um, strewn across the environments. And um, Crofton, you're going you're gonna to love this prepare to, to laugh, uh, you know, joyfully, uh, essentially, you know, there's an owl because the supporting character who, who is an owl, by the way, who is named Hoodle, um, all the owls are voiced by human beings just saying hoot over and over again. <laughs> um, they, <laughs> That's amazing. they did not source real owls. No real owls were involved in the making of this game. You know what would be funny too is like you're. Pl- I'm. I'm imagining it's one of those games where you can play with the English and in Japanese voice tracks. It would be really funny if you played in Japanese and it's like just Japanese. It's the actors hooting with Japanese accents. I would love that so much. I don't know. That, <laughs> I wonder. Like I, I'm playing, obviously playing with the English track. I don't know if I could follow it if uh, if it was subtitled, um, but. Yeah, like these, so you find these owls strewn around, and when you find them, they give you a cosmetic. And the cosmetics can be anything from cat ears to dog tails to sunglasses. So, of course, I proceed to put sunglasses on all of my characters. So, and that is represented in every aspect of the game cutscenes, skits, combat. Um, they have these like flashy combat scenarios where you can um when you trigger the the combo move between you and another player after you've built up a certain meter uh it's very flashy animations very quick uh sort of similar to a a much faster uh smash ultimate move so it's usually a move that you use to end a battle and it's just awesome seeing your characters wearing these like cheesy matrix sunglasses as they like tear apart these enemies and it's very, like I said, very flashy, very quick, very satisfying, the combat. And, uh, but there is some cheese in there. Like I said, there's, but it's a, it's a good, it's a balance. And I don't want to say, I mean, look, I'm not against that, that cheese. In fact, um, 
I I've been a bit of a sucker lately for the Persona games and mm. the Persona the Persona games. A first off, surprise Ryan, they are anime games. <laughs> Se- uh, secondly, in each one there is like some sort of ridiculous character, or at least in the two I played before, in the f- fourth and the fifth one, there's some like mascotty character that is just like you know they're partly to sell merch and to be like quirky and 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 like oh there's just there's generally a story behind them of why they exist but it's really and none of that bothers me and honestly like once you're in i was talking about like reading fantasy books with my friend mike the other day and and how like when you read a book to begin with it's a challenge to get into the beginning of a book because um you don't know any of the characters unless you're you know reading a series and then it's easier same with watching a tv show versus watching a movie and when it's a fantasy book or a sci-fi book it gets even more difficult to get immersed because you need to learn the rules of the world and all of that and it takes it takes a long time um, but once you're in, you're in, and then you're really enjoying it. And that's why often these fantasy or sci-fi book series have like 10, 15 books. You know, people just can't get enough. They they know the rules of the world, then they're into the character struggles. And I think these anime, anime games, uh, in many parts, I would very much like a strong RPG that just grips me and that I want to play a bunch of like I did with Dragon Quest XI. But like Dragon Quest XI, like Persona, like all of them, they – they they're a slow burn at the beginning where I'm like, Oh, am I into this? Like, I don't know before that moment where they click. Right. Um, and so, so for me, uh, uh, I'm, I'm dancing. I have an appetite to play one of those games right now, but like I'm dancing around, like, should it be the Scarlet Nexus that I can play for free? Should I shell out for tales for a rise tales of a rise is like one of many games in the Tales series. There's other ones on game pass tales of Vesperia, Bizaria, Kadaria, I don't know. Um, like that that are on that are on there that I could jump into right now. Um, so so I'm not against the animeness of it all and in anything, all of that stuff sounds kind of hilarious and endearing. Um, you're right. Everything you said about the demo that I played, the demo definitely put me off the game, but I think I think I'm able to look past that and and go back to it and approach it from another angle. So I am totally considering uh doing that if you tell me ryan murphy the tales of arise is worth it and i should do that i think that there are so many choices to uh, for for games these days that you could uh happily take this recommendation wait a couple months and get it on sale because uh it it it's it's one of those things where um i find when you miss like the launch window hype and you but you're still serious about a game you can wait the the month like look at um a good example is returnal a game that uh, i own the platform for it it's one of the few exclusives right but i've put it on my wish list and i and i thought to myself i will get to it when i feel that i'm ready and i feel like it's gone on sale and i don't normally wait for sales but sometimes i do and i think that's one that i've i'll happily um wait for a sale i think tales of arise at this stage, like if you were to buy a full price, you're basically like, you know, summoning a, a sale of some kind. But I think it's worth its full price tag. Like it's a, it's a, it's a huge game. Um, like I said, I put 20 hours into it and I'm still enjoying it. And there's still quite a bit to go. Um, I've, I've now met all the party members. Like I said, all the party members in the demo, uh, they're all in the demo. It, I would recommend that if you are interested in i don't know this isn't going to help you because you already played the demo 
Um, but you could at least maybe forget you played the demo. Cause I feel like the demo, as you said, like it's a weird one. I think they prioritized you experiencing or having access to all the characters that will join your party when they should have focused more on like the story. Cause there wasn't a lot of story to that demo. It was more just, here's a field with monsters. You have access to all your characters. You get to experience little quests and you get to experience boss fights and uh, th- that sort of thing. But you're missing a lot of like all the other best parts of Tales of Arise. So like, yeah, I'd say you could, you should certainly play this game. I think like between this and a lot of the stuff that was dropped on Game Pass, like Scarlet Nexus, uh, there's another one on there. I think Code Vein was added earlier this summer. Um, there's a lot of great sort of JRPGs anime games. There are a lot, eh, of these anime games? Yeah, it's crazy. There's another one, though, that I'll say, uh, not to go on a tangent, but um, we might have already summoned uh, Jimmy the Shovel by talking about Tales of Arise in such a hilarious fashion, but uh, this will complete the summoning. Uh, There's another one called, like, AI um, something. (laughs) I'm forgetting Ryan, I just talked about that game. Did you? Oh, I missed yeah. that. What was it? What's, it was, the, what's it called? It's AI called AI, the, Som, the Somnium Som, files. It's, Somnium? It, it, it's the one that I said was the the detective one that's on, that was dropped on Game Pass that I'm definitely going to download. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. I must have missed that. Yeah. No, Um, that game, I started it, and it is that. Now, that that is anime. I, I clipped – I didn't post it, but I clipped a scene where essentially the detective has like a fake eye – but the fake eye can like pop out of his head and turn into like this little like, you know that Amazon robot that just got announced. It kind of looks like that. Um, it kind of looks like that Amazon robot that just sort of comes out of your eye and and can talk to people and everyone can see it, and they know that it's this eye robot thing. That but, could just be the cyber future, Ryan. It doesn't have to be anime. Yeah, it could be that could have been you that you could have told me that is in cyberpunk and I would have believed you. All. <laughs> All I'm saying is like, yeah, if you are uh, itching for like an anime experience and I'm not, you're not. Okay. Well, it sounded like you were. I'm itching for an RP, a meaty RPG experience. And, and to me that those are, it feels like right now it's like anime or nothing. Like there's not a book. You should buy Tales of Arise. I think if you, if you are itching for a meaty RPG, I think Tales of Arise will, will work for you. Um, I can't think of another RPG that is like, but see, I can play that Scarlet Nexus right now, and maybe I should try that. Game try it. Soon. It's on Game Pass. You technically already have it yeah. in your collection. You just have to install it. All right, all right. Now let's let us move on from anime. I need to I need to monitor the time. I know you you have a a, a bedtime you need to to get to because of sick children. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on. I don't have much in terms of new stuff. Uh, because I've been actually been a lot of the things that I mentioned on the show in the past past little while I've been circling around or finishing up. So first off, Psychonauts 2. I know I mentioned it on the show previously. I'm just going to talk about it again very quickly to say that I, I Gwen and I finished it. It remains an amazing game. The ending is awesome. The whole package is great. Still very like high on my like I haven't played everything that went out this year. Uh, and I know that there's a lot of buzz around Deathloop right now, and I'm excited to play Deathloop. It looks like an arcane game. 
I like arcane games. It looks like a shooter. I like shooters. But Psychonauts does something truly different, I find, and um, addresses like mental health in interesting ways. And but is also just so, so creative and so well put together. Man, I cannot say enough good things about that game. So put a pin in that one. Completed. High five. Um, and then uh, and then murders uh, only murders in the building. Show I I. I mentioned mm. uh, in a previous um, episode, uh, we're now further along. They release one episode at a time uh, every Wednesday on, on Disney Plus. And I, I just, I have to say about about uh, the release model is it really does keep things fresh as opposed to like right now, Squid Game, which I haven't seen, is having a moment on Netflix. That moment is going to fleet and then it's going to go on to the next thing. They get maybe a week, maybe two about it. But when you have a show that's releasing weekly, each episode gets dissected, especially in this is a mystery show. Um, and it is funny because, like, you know, Ryan, like television shows where, um, you know, they, they're on for a couple of seasons and then they start doing quirky episodes. Like they they start being like, OK, let's do a musical episode or let's do, you know, I don't know. They come up with some some gimmick for the episode. Well, they're, they're at like an episode six of Murders in the Building and they're already doing these episodes. But so far, they've been very good and they've managed to continue and forward uh, the arc, uh, the story arc. Uh, and I'm very keen on seeing where it's going. So I again recommend that show it, it is very good ryan i know since we last talked you and ashley have started watching yes yeah we uh we watched one episode and i almost feel bad that we haven't really gone back to it we kind of uh um we finished up uh sex education season three and then we moved straight over to uh midnight mass which we'll talk a little bit about before we exit the dungeons but um we really liked it. You know, it's it's the thing for me, I think like I love the idea of, you know, complete strangers bonding over a, a podcast. I wonder why. Um because that's been my my life for the last decade. Uh but I I really love that aspect of it. Um I love Martin Short. I feel like I really missed him. He was one of my favorite comedians when he was doing movies. I didn't really follow his stand up, but I remember his movies um, they're, they're one of my, one of my favorites when I was a kid. Um, and, and, and Steve Martin as well, really love him. But again, like feels like he kind of fell off. Like it felt like, felt like both of them kind of retired from the sort of standard, you know, comedian does Hollywood movies. Um, and, and, uh, I'm glad to have them back. Uh, I think they both play their their characters so well, but I love how they hate each other at the beginning of the episode or are indifferent, and then they have this podcast, and suddenly they're like best of friends, and they're working together. This is all the first episode. It might have changed as as it goes forward, but um, well, yeah, it, and and it is funny because the latest episodes they do get a bit of a fan community on related to the <laughs> nice. podcast and uh and there is there is some fun stuff there there's an entire episode of one each episode is seen through the eyes of a narrator and the first episodes are narrated through the eyes of the main character so you have one episode that's more focused on one one episode that's more focused on another but that gets you three episodes in beyond that every episode's had a new narrator and sometimes it's a character you're introduced to that episode or what have you one of them is deaf in 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 the epi the episode is done with no sound or almost no sound like it's got some music and it's got like some sound effects and 
the way that they convey the story, like throughout that episode, especially since the three main characters are so talkative, is just insanely well done. Like just really, really clever. It was such a powerful episode, so well done, really funny. So yeah, that show that show continues to be good, and um, it's been renewed for season two. I'm really curious to see where it goes. Again, I I, I recommend that. So Psychonauts done. Murders in the building still going strong. Um, what else? Uh, sea of Thieves. So I'm still playing Sea of Thieves with the the guys. Is Sea of Thieves is released a new update season four? I've seen, and, and with it, there's these underwater shrines um, that are littered across the sea, and, and um, essentially you can dive down to them from your ship. And, and I think you know, I honestly think that they were part of the Pirates of the Caribbean campaign that we have not yet played, or or some variant of them. But the shrines have just sort of been added to the world. And what each shrine is, is essentially a puzzle box. Um, when you go, you go in and it's like an underwater, like mermaid kingdom. And there's not necessarily that many enemies, but you have to look around the environment and solve puzzles. And it was funny because way back when, and I never played really much of Mist, but I worked on this game, Yuru Ages Beyond Mist, which was like sort of a 3D co-op puzzle solving game but made by the creators of mist and it never quite found its lane uh but this this was the, the my experience the past two two times of playing sea of thieves and doing these shrines um and solving puzzles as a group because you're playing with your friends and being like one, one one looking at kind of a legend and being like, okay, so I think for the first statue, you have to do this. And then somebody's at another statue. Okay. I'm pulling the switch now. And then somebody else is like doing it. And and then, you know, you're, you're solving the puzzle collaboratively and together. It's just been so awesome. So if you, you know, see if these, I, I, I read somewhere has as many people working on it right now than they, they had like two weeks before the game launched. Um, and uh, so it's like heavily, heavy and still heavily being updated, regularly being updated. And I got to say, I love it. There's no co-op experience for me in the video game space for just you and a few buddies like that feels as good as that game does. So I've been really enjoying that as well. And Ryan, you you joined us uh, last time for a brief spell. And it was funny because as soon as you logged, we jumped down and did one of those puzzle boxes. And it was a really good time. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I had a great time playing. And uh, it was funny. I remember when you first asked me to join, I was like, ah, oh, you know, I really want to play this on the Xbox. And the Series X was having a lot of these issues with, with uh, Sea of Thieves and some screen tearing. Happy to report that's been fixed. But I think in our most recent play, I said, like, um, I think I was sick. And I'm like, I, I really just want to play on the couch. Is that okay? And it's like, oh, man, we all play on the Xbox. So I'm like, oh, okay, perfect. Um, so we uh, we hopped on a Zoom call. Yeah, we're all sitting on the couch. And uh, I, I like it for that, too. It's 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 a, it's a chill game for sure. Um, so, yeah, it's still, still uh, ongoing on that front. And the last thing for me is that um, – so Gwen and I are kind of between games. We, we polished off Psychonauts. We're playing a little bit of Mario Odyssey. Like um, in and, we're in and out of that. But it's one of those things where like, you know, kids will play shit ad nauseum. And, uh, and uh, I'm kind of like – I love Mario Odyssey. But, we've, you know, we've done the whole game like twice and we're like still – 
we're back in it. Um, I know we take breaks in between, but I'm just like, okay, like would, would be, I am open to playing uh, something else. And we were playing during while we were playing it. I don't know how this came up. I'm forgetting how, but I like, I've been keeping her away from smash brothers. Cause essentially it's just people beating the crap out of each other. And I, I just thought that, you know, she wasn't, I didn't want her to see that, you know, that many violent games at this point, but I just feel that she's kind of like, she's played now games from dragon quest to zeldas to, to you know she to yoshis to whatever she's seen a lot of these characters and for whatever reason i was like hey do you want to see something different or something cool and so i showed her the opening video to smash brothers with all these sort of characters that get zapped away and all of this and she was hooked immediately and was like daddy we've got to go and save all these characters and start going through the game so I've been going through the adventure mode in Smash Brothers with her uh, lately, which is just honestly a series of fights. And I will say it is very fun, but I sometimes wonder who the hell Smash Brothers is supposed to be for. Because, you know, you'll be fighting like the duck hunt dog and, and, and you're like, okay, so like you would need to know duck hunt, which means that you're probably 40. Uh, and then another time it's like, some you know like something really recent or i mean it, it's hard it's hard to say like you're playing through it and it's a hardcore fighter like i mean it's accessible but it's still it's a fighting game and like that's not for everyone i know my friends who love mario kart often are like oh i don't want to play smash brothers and i know there's a hardcore smash brothers community it's just kind of funny to me that this game that's a celebration of all video games is like this fighting game and uh and um, yeah, but Gwen is liking it. And so that's our sort of main game so far. We're playing through that right now. Yeah, that uh, that story mode, that adventure mode is a really good sort of, you know, starting point because it really does, you know, introduce you to characters quite slowly for, for the Smash Brothers Ultimate that has everybody. I mean, they literally just announced Sora for the game. So now it it has everybody. Well, it see, one thing that's funny is it doesn't, right? Like, it has all these ridiculous, like, you pick up these spirits, and the spirits are, like, not, like, you're fighting, like, I fought big, bo like, the boss from Meta Metal Gear Solid, and it's Zero Suit Samus, who represents her. And then you've got to beat Zero Suit Samus, who has, like, some some buffs, and then you get the spirit of the boss. So there's all these characters, right, like, that are, like, not you can't play them you could don't get me wrong you can play a shit ton of characters but there's you know there's a lot that you can't play that are just represented by spirits in the game and uh one of the things that i i'm a, like a, a side complaint i think is that i started a new game but all the spirits that i had unlocked from my game were in are in the game so like even though it's a new game i have all my super powerful spirits so and gwen doesn't like it like she's like why do we have all this already? And like it, it, that doesn't remove them from the board. You still have to fight them on the board. So you get them like a second time. And I just find that's like, it's a new game. And yes, you have to re-unlock all the characters, but the spirit thing is weird because like, just make it so that you have no spirits and you have to start from the beginning. But they're like, nope, you get to keep all your old spirits. I'm like, all right, makes me super powerful. So whatever. It is weird. The the save so you started a new game, but it pulled in your old save. That's 
it pulls in the spirits. That's it. Like you start on the board and you, oh. you, 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 you have to unlock all the characters, but any spirit that you've unlocked, spirit card, and you can unlock spirits in different ways, right? Like you can unlock them in adventure mode. You can unlock them in the store and on the spirit board and all these sorts of places. And I guess they just all get unlocked to your account and they're considered unlocked. So, I mean, you know, you go in and you can send them to the gym or send them to the whatever. And like, and it was funny, like I went to the gym in the new game and there were four spirits that I had sent there for training. And this is going to sound like gobbledygook to anyone who hasn't played Smash Brothers. Um, Four spirits I sent to the gym, Mike Tyson's gym to, or whatever, uh, to train. And uh, they were there. Like I, I sent them there and I think, early 2019 and uh <laughs> and i went i went to the gym in gwen's game and i'm like oh dude there's four spirits here of course they were level 100 each they had been working out for two years yeah that game i love i love smash um i feel like smash is maybe my love for smash is probably based on having played a whole lot of the n64 version and then i think it steadily declined as i went through but i still have always appreciated it and I think with Smash Brothers Ultimate, they've really they they honed in on what makes that game really special, and that it is a celebration of video games, no matter what platform. Um, they do keep it very Nintendo central. They I remember, I can I can picture it like when they first sort of expanded upon it, not just being Nintendo characters, but being a character that has been on a Nintendo platform when they added Sonic and and Metal. Uh, almost said Metal Gear, but added Solid Snake. And um, yeah, like I, I really love how they've kind of thrown the rule book out and been like, no, now we're going to add anybody as long as it like isn't contractually connected to another platform holder, like, you know, having Master Chief show up or Nathan Drake. Like that's never going to happen. But having Banjo-Kazooie um, or uh, uh, Sora as an example, or or even Joker, you know? But yeah, and that's it. Like those characters, and I know it's like, I guess you say it's for everyone, but it's like Banjo-Kazooie. In 2021, who gives a shit about Banjo-Kazooie? Yes, yes, you give a shit about him. So your target audience of like adult in his 30s that played N64, I'm like the guy who kid who played Duck Hunt. And so like you're 40, like, but it's just like, what does Gwen you know, like, does Gwen give a shit about ice climbers? You know, is the idea that there's so much garbage in there for like millennials and Gen X that like it, and then there's stuff that's going to keep the kids of today interested. Like, I just, I guess it's like, you have these memories of, of, of smash and it's grown organically for you. Like, Melee had more characters. Each game has more characters. And now it's become like the celebration of video games. Uh, it, weirdly, like years later, we you mentioned the Sora announcement. It's like years after the game's release, it's like, oh, they're announcing a new fighter from Smash. People are excited because they know it's going to be some homage to another video game and that that person's going to come with their own level and music and all of this, uh, which is fine. And I'm glad that there are those things. I'm just a little sad, I guess, that it's like just a, fighting beat him up you know blast you know specials game uh i i, I kind of kind of would I, i'm not sure what type of game I, I would necessarily want all these characters to interact in but uh but uh yeah smash, smash just feels like i know i i enjoy it but i don't love it 
And uh, Gwen wants to play it. We'll see how long we go. I didn't make it through the spirit board last time, so the adventure mode last time. So we'll see if I do it this time. Maybe at the end I will be like, Ryan, I've reached epic Kirby levels. I am so hot. And uh, now I'm online. I bought a Nintendo online account. I'm beating up seven-year-olds. Oh, it feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if the online works. I, I feel like the online's always never been that great um yeah so i i really love smash i'm glad you're playing it i i hope it does stick around because um I, I honestly would love to uh, live vicariously through you and having beaten the spirit mode because i certainly did not there's a lot to it um i would say this i i have one more thing for the dungeons but i won't spend long on it because i i've i've just uh, scratched the surface on it and uh, that is Midnight Mass, which is a Netflix exclusive. It's on Netflix right now. And it's one of those things where I, I hate the binge-watching model because everybody's seen it. It's like you mentioned Squid Game. Uh, or is it Squid Game or is it The Squid? Now I can't remember. Uh, I think it's Squid something. Either way, um, people binge it. It's a big deal for a while. And I think that's the thing with The Squid Show is that it's a big deal because it's been number one for like three weeks running in, in most countries that Netflix is uh, operating in. And that's a big deal. But like, I find it takes me months to get through a show. Um, it took me, it took us a good month to get through the latest season of sex education on Netflix and we enjoyed it. But like a lot of people watch it the weekend it comes out and Netflix rewards that they like, if you follow them on Twitter, all they talk about is like, so did everyone enjoy that new season we just dropped over the weekend? It's like, I, like that is not the way you and I uh, engage with, with content. We just don't have that time to do it. I appreciate that people do. What's funny is so they, you know, they dropped a, they dropped a season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, and, uh, <laughs> on Netflix. And it's a shorter season. I think it's only like maybe 10 episodes or whatever. Anyway, uh, my wife and I were like, oh, this will be fun. We'll watch, we'll watch this. And we watched um, the first, you know, X amount of episodes. We have two episodes left, right? And, you know, I, and I'll talk about this in the, the, the diapers, but we went to, we went on a road trip and, and I come back to an email from Netflix saying like, are you sure you don't want to finish Brooklyn nine, nine or I forget what it, the wording exactly, but it was essentially like, we cannot believe you went 24 hours without watching it. You know, like, uh, so, so the expectation is yes. They, they're like, oh my God, Ryan's not binging properly. He's just moderately binging. Yeah, and uh, I think it just, I, I, you know, my circles, they're, they're very, I think at least the, the people on Twitter that I follow are at least, they're binging responsibly and that they're not like, oh my God, I finished it and here's all the critical things that happens throughout the season. Like, it's not like that. They've really focused in on what they love about the show, but are being respectful to folks who haven't been able to finish it. Honestly, if someone did every season that comes out on Netflix or, the, or with the binge model, and spoiled it they'd they'd be quickly unfollowed because again like that's just that's that's not cool um but having a podcast to talk about spoilers that's another thing uh and I'm, there's gonna be no spoilers here but i think when it comes to midnight mass it's by uh mike flanagan the guy behind the haunting series so haunting of bly manor the haunting of hill house that the those two series that's, that are also netflix um he's back with this midnight mass which is not connected to the um 
the the house uh, or the haunted hill or whatever the the things i just said and uh it's based on like this this small island community this fishing community that um has you you feel right off the bat it has seen some some shit like it's seen some stuff it's go- it's going through hard times um there's our main character who returns after spending time in jail and he comes back to the town and and there's some dynamic there but quickly you realize there's some nefarious stuff some creepy stuff going on here there's like what appears to be some sort of monster it's not really a spoiler they get into it right at the beginning um and but it's very like the show is uh and i'll say this as someone who is raised catholic um it's very catholic like this island it has one church everybody who who lives on that island is like expected to go to the church um the scenes in the first episode where they're like portraying you know uh uh mass it's like very realistic and i'm sitting there watching it i'm like getting these flashbacks <laughs> to uh to You're Sundays. not selling me i know and and this is the thing i think this is uh this is where i'll say this i'm enjoying the show but like i'm questioning this the Obviously, the people who are re- recommending the show to me, this is not why they're recommending it. Not for its very real portrayal of a Catholic mass. But it's it's hard to describe. But I, I can't tell if um, the characters that are, that, are, that are very religious, that are taking part in, in mass and stuff, I can't tell if they're the bad guys. I, it's hard to say. But I th- I'm pretty sure they're the bad guys. But, but the creep factor, like the scary stuff, like the the mystery of what's going on like they don't they don't outright like throw it out there in your face they really much they kind of just layer it out and slowly tease it and every episode is an hour in a bit so it's quite a bit to get through but there's it feels like there's something there and if it weren't and maybe this is where the binge model is nice because you have folks that are going to watch the whole thing and be like yes the journey is worth taking to the end of this story to experience it to its full because again if you're watching this week to week i don't think the show is designed to work week to week it's designed to be basically told to you you need to watch the whole thing i'm not going to explain why because we'd ruin it you just have to watch the whole thing you know so i've kind of like i appreciate that people have binged it to say like no it's really really good because the first few it's very slow it's a slow burn uh, the the first two episodes episodes have been quite slow, as they set up the characters in the town, and you know everybody's every character has like a unique story, so it's all really well crafted and really well balanced. But like I said, it's it's slow, it's a slow going burn. Um, but I imagine it's going to get going because like if you watch the trailer for it, it really much sets up this like you know uh, psychological thriller slash horror slash mystery you know but if you watch the first two episodes you're like okay where's this going like clearly there's something nefarious going on here and they're really hinting at a couple characters being much more evil than they appear to be so where are we headed you know um i imagine once i finish it or get a little further i'll have like a better understanding of like okay like clearly they were like you know it's it's got a very strong portrayal of religion like they really do lean into that aspect of it but i know like realistic portrayals of of uh 
of Sunday Mass is probably not what you're looking for in your Netflix show, but it feels like there's more there. So I'll have to report back. Ryan, there's only one thing I care about, and I I need to know because otherwise it's the biggest missed opportunity that I can think of. What's the show's name? Midnight Mass. So so do the op- are the opening credits done to the tune of Monster Mash except with Midnight Mass? No. That I don't think there are there's no intro. It was a mass. It was a midnight mass. A midnight mass. It was a graveyard smash. N- no. Yeah, they Gah! What a wait. I don't even know why they bothered. Suspense horror MM, it's right there. They should hire me. Um, if they rip this off for season two and use that, then I want money. So just let that be known. Hi, everyone. Editor's note here. Uh, just just um, noting that we had a technical issue and by technical issue it couldn't have been more of a dungeons and diapers style issue uh where ryan uh was interrupted by sick children and had to uh had to abandon and so we stopped recording and we're back days later now to record because i mean we we made it through the dungeons uh but but it's not just called the Dungeon Show. It's called the Dungeons and Diapers Show. And we want to do the diapers part, especially seeing is that the diapers part of Ryan's life is what made it such that we are back here recording. Ryan, so are you good to get back on the horse? I'm good. And, and funny enough, the last three days have, have only fueled the diapers. We've got a good chunk of content to talk about. And- wow, that's very graphic. Uh <laughs> A few of the diapers with chunks of content. So, um, so we'll close up Midnight Mass, move along. Uh, but before Ryan, we go down, change some diapers. We have to do uh, uh, a little bit of promotional work. But unlike some of the promotional work that other podcasts do because they are being paid money. We are doing it because we want to do it because we want to give back. Ryan, explain to me what I'm talking about. You're talking about Extra Life. We have an event uh, coming this Friday, Friday, October 15th at 8 p.m. Eastern, where we are going to be streaming Marvel Avengers. So if you've ever wanted to watch Crofton set up PlayStation Plus or see Travis uh, T-Pose as Miss Marvel um, or or hear Whirlwind uh, curse uh, uh, Smart Hulk in French, boy... Have you come across the right stream? Uh, we are going to be playing this for the kids um, to to raise funds for Sick Kids uh, Foundation in Toronto. You can go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan to donate. And you can go to tiny.cc watch event dads uh, to see the event in action. That's A-V-E-N-D-A-D-S in case it sounds weird because it, it does crafted didn't approve it it's fine if people are out running and jogging while listening to this podcast and, and they and and they want to know like they're not writing all of this down all of this info <laughs> is available somewhere right ryan oh of course it's in the show notes it's on the website tgistudios.com slash dad you can go there um i'm sure you have it bookmarked because you're such fans of this show but we are going to be playing marvel avengers on twitch to raise funds 
for Sick Kids Foundation. Extra Life is here. We have a Twitch event. Last year, we did, like, kids TV show reviews. And, um... We made it a year-long thing. Yeah. And this time, we're going to play video games. And Marvel Avengers seems to be our thing. We thought we were going to have to schedule it into into November to maybe bring Spider-Man on board. But no, no Spider-Man. Sorry, Crofton. I will say, for those of you who are playing it on Xbox Game Pass, because it's received a boost... Uh, like I have my Xbox Series X, really excited to play on Xbox Game Pass. But no, I am playing it on my PS4 as we uh, are all on the the PlayStation ecosystem. That's where your friends are. That's where. So yes, Ryan's joke about PS Plus. I'm gonna have to figure that out. I'll probably you know start playing the night of, and it'll say you need a new update or something. I'll probably need to make uh, five more Square Enix accounts. It's going to be a good time. There's going to be a lot going on, so I encourage folks. But most of it's for the children. So come watch, uh, throw a few uh, bits our way for the children, and we would uh, we would we would love it. Uh, so again, that's um, this Friday, October fifteenth at eight p.m. Um, and the details again are uh, both on the website and in, in in the chat. But uh, bit.ly slash extra life Ryan. All right, uh, let us do some diaper changing again. This is a part of the show where we're talking about what's going on with our kids. So Ryan, without further ado, let's just throw to you, and you can maybe contextualize in as graphic terms po- as possible what's been going on with you lately. Well, it's funny uh so here's the thing the notes in so we have notes spoiler alert it's not funny it's not going but it is kind of funny did i say it was funny i think it is kind of funny but not really because i'm hurting the whole family's hurting so basically what happened was uh last time we talked the kids were sick they were off and it was it was not great it was very busy and 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 i've kind of lost track of time but then they got sick uh and then everything everyone got better so ashley went to work um, Isabel went to daycare. The two oldest went to school. I, I think for the first time in maybe five or six years since before we had kids, I had the whole house to myself, and I got to work without noise. I could I could just I could roam the house. I could take calls wherever I wanted to. I could have meetings where you know whenever without having to ask everybody to be quiet, and it it was amazing. And that was like the first half of the notes that I have written here. Um, this was after like running around to to get t- covid tests because we needed a covid a negative covid test to get the kids back into school and um this was a day where i you know working with my you know manager i tried to work as well as take care of <laughs> two kids at the same time um and you know i ran to the hospital to get the covid test get all the way to the hospital get out of the van and realize i forgot their health cards so I had to like put them all back in the van, go home, come back. It was just a whole process. And then they all felt better. And then they all went to, back to school. And I had like maybe two days of, of this, this calm. Wow, that sounds great. Everything worked out and the story ended. <laughs> no, it didn't. So the next part of the notes is basically shit. It happened again. So everybody got sick. This was like uh, last Thursday. So Isabel was down, um, you know, Caden, Abigail, both down. They, we had to take them out of school again. And uh, they just had a COVID oh. test uh, today, which is funny because today's a holiday. Uh, so uh, Friday, I had all three of them 
at home and I tried to work at the same time, which Why would you do that? I don't know. And this is my problem. I have this real issue with just, I I have not been, so here's the thing. I don't have a lot of experience with it because since Caden was born, Ashley was either off work or had augmented her schedule so that she was home when I was at work. So I never had to take really time off when the kids were sick. And also they weren't going anywhere. So they weren't getting sick every two weeks. But now that they are, and Ashley's back to work and her schedule is over top of the kids, you know, going to school and going to daycare, I I do need to get better. So tomorrow, all three of them were sick, and you still just for the record, listeners. Ryan works for the same overall employer that I work for, so I know for a fact some of us are not so lucky that they would be able to take a day. But I know for a fact Ryan could easily have taken the yeah, day. That was an option. I want to I want to state here that it was an option to take the day. It was an option to do, you know, to get work done that I could get done. And there were things I needed to get done. But again, like, it was a mistake. I'm admitting this here. And I know for a fact tomorrow I'm going to have all three of them home as well because they're still not feeling well and we won't have our results back. But you, so but I'm what taking the day saying, tomorrow. I'm taking the day okay. tomorrow before you even like, oh, what's going on? That's 100% what I was going to do. Great impression, by the way. Um, I was, <laughs> was going to say, I was going to be like, and you learned a lesson and now we're staying home tomorrow and you were going to go, oh, well, actually, I'm thinking no. about going in. Okay, no, good. Good on you, Ryan. Stay home and uh, let's cross our fingers that the tests are all going to come back negative tomorrow. So I think so. I think this is, you know, um, if if COVID weren't even a thing right now, which I know we all wish uh, was was the case, it it would be it would still suck because again, like the kids were, you know, it, it was it wasn't a cold like a cold I could handle, runny nose, coughing, you know that I can handle. But when your kids have like high fever and they're vomiting, that's where it gets like it's not fun and it's also scary. You know, I, there's something about high temperatures. It, it, it I I get really anxious about it. Um, they're doing much, much better now. So they're like almost 100% now. They just have like a small cough. So again, like it, it, it's, it, it was, it's been a rough uh, couple days. We've had to basically isolate all weekend. We haven't gone anywhere, even though it is, is Thanksgiving. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a busy four or five days. And uh, yeah, tomorrow I am going to take a day off to, uh, you know. Publish Dungeons and Diapers. <laughs> Well, I mean, maybe there is, so there is this timing where, you know, Isabel is sleeping and the two others can chill downstairs while they eat their lunch. So yeah, there's going to be like maybe an hour of, of, okay, let's calm down and listen to Crofton talk and see how that goes. Uh, but yeah, maybe we'll see, but it, it's, it's something I'm getting, I'm getting used to. And you're right. I do have the time. Um, a day here, a day there is not going to, you know, break the bank in terms of like, the work getting done, but the work can also wait a day. Like it's not something, it's not something that can't be done either the next day or by somebody else. And I think that's always been a struggle of mine. Um, and uh, I'm working on it. And I think I'm going to have to work on it quickly because Friday was, was, was no fun. There was, again, like I said, this was all my own choice. No one was forcing me. Um, but uh, yeah, no, tomorrow, I'm going to be off. Tomorrow's a new day, Ryan, literally. So on the more positive side of the COVID experience, um, I'm, 
I went on my first kind of like family road trip. Uh, it was last weekend. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, my, my in-laws live a, a five-hour drive. My in-law, my, my father-in-law, lives about a five-hour drive away. And uh, he comes up occasionally. He has come up. We've seen him like since COVID started maybe twice, which is not often by his, you know, um, the the regular amount that we would see him might be like four times four times a year or so, um, but uh, but so it was it was down to about half that and it was him coming up. We never went there because the other thing is when he comes up and this is sort of like a running joke is that he like I always make this joke uh, that as soon as he leaves his house there's like um, there's like a timer that starts underneath him where he needs to be back in his house and then when he crosses. Uh, a certain line of distance away from his house, that timer gets like cut in half. Um, and, uh, and so like he gets, when, when he visits us, it's always funny because at the beginning it used to be awkward because we, we took it, even his daughter, my wife took it a little like personally. It's out, you know, he gets there, he comes in, he's really happy to see everyone and, you know, high fives. And then we sit down around the, the, the table for lunch and he'll say something along the lines of, so uh, if I wanted to get back on the highway from here, how would I do it? And you're like, okay, you know, like you're already, he's already, um, you know, thinking about leaving. So we, we have it down to essentially that he would, he, he, he comes early in the day, like maybe like it's a five hour drive and he starts super early. So he gets here at like 10 or something, 10 or 11. Um, and then, and then he's gone when we wake up the next morning, pretty much like uh, he stays on the couch uh, overnight, then wakes up next day. He's gone. Uh, and uh, the difference when we go, we go much less often to his house, but we generally stay a couple of days, but we hadn't done that since COVID. Like we hadn't traveled anywhere. So we, so we went, uh, we, we drove to his place and like, you know, my kids are not used to drive like five hours, a three-year-old, six-year-old. And man, it went so good. Like, and it's so funny, all the devices we have now, like, you know, each one has kind of like a tablet. They're all there. They can watch shows if they want, or they can do like, it's just, it's just like compared to when I was a kid and we were like three boys in the car and we would pull out of the driveway and Nick would punch Dev in the shoulder and he would start crying immediately. And then I would be like, are we there yet? What's going on? I feel sick. You know, like it's just, uh, it's so much nicer. So yeah, it was, it was a good trip. It was, uh, it was fun. And we went like, uh, you know, like we went to an apple orchard. It was raining, pouring. So we just, we didn't pick. We ended up just buying apples and apple pie and stuff. And we just, we had a fun visit. Um, and we visited, we, we went to pumpkin, to um, uh, Jesse's aunt had a pumpkin patch and we picked giant pumpkins. And anyway, it was a good time. Uh, it was a, the antithesis of Ryan's diapers. It was a, it was a good time, but, but it was, it was, um, you know, like it, it is, it is funny because it, everything felt so exotic so far, you know, like, like, so like I, in, in, it's in to a different province and they have different COVID rules and they were asking for my vaccine passport didn't have that you know so i was trying to figure out what i had to show them it was just it was just kind of funny like it's it's it felt uh, like a step towards normal that we hadn't taken for a while so anyway it was good for me positive diapers 
for Ryan, not so positive diapers. It was close. If we had recorded uh, probably Wednesday night instead of Thursday night, it would have been like, hey, everything's back to normal. It's been great. Things are so good. Virtual high five. Yeah. Caden, Caden, so what awesome. are you doing in here, buddy? <laughs> what, what, why do you look a bit green? Oh, my God. He throws up on my feet. Um, yeah. No, I, I, I appreciate that. Well, I appreciate that. I'm hoping that uh, <laughs> the next time we record, I I don't have a similar situation where I maybe do the notes a little early and it's like, oh man, things are going great. And then as soon as we go to record, it's like, oh my God, it's it's been it's been very busy. But that's the nature of the show, right? Like I, I love that that's what caused us to, you know, have to interrupt an episode and have to, <laughs> no, but I mean, it's just like, it, it's kid stuff and family stuff and whatever, you know, it's not like, um, internet outage or it's it makes for a better story if i had been like oh yeah sorry we're we're late this week and we're because there was an internet outage because of whatever that'd be boring uh, be. but 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 like for you to be like yeah my kids were sick and then they got sicker and i was so scared and for some reason i kept going to work and all of this stuff. like i think that i think that that makes for a, a much more entertaining story a stories that I feel that other people would have like crazy, be it crazy stories about being interrupted at work or crazy stories about being interrupted, doing their own extra live streams or crazy stories being interrupted while doing their world popular podcasts. And they could share those stories with us by emailing the show. Dad at TGI studios.com is the uh, email address dad at tgi studios.com and the mailbag has been silent lately so please anything you want to share you want to share your 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 kid interruption horror stories with us please do you want to share uh, uh what you've been doing in the dungeons what you've been doing in the diapers please do we would love to read um your email on air again that's dad at tgi studios.com uh, you can visit us on the web at tgistudios.com slash dad to uh, see all the latest and greatest episodes uh, that are up there. And of course, um, we have a Twitter account that's at DNDcast, which you can follow uh, to find out as soon as a new episode goes live. Meanwhile, Ryan and I are individuals of individual natures. You can follow us individually at Crofton Steers on Twitter and Ryan's at R. Murphy. So, Ryan, I mean, two takes. We did it. Uh, we're going to need an ace editor to put this show together. But I know that you're up to the task. Do you have any final remarks before I close the show? Uh, I'm going to go play Metroid Dread. So Sweet. And for the record, if we had recorded the show uh, on the date that we thought we would, Ryan would not have had Metroid Dread. But now he does. So in a way, the future is a better place than the past. Yeah. So Yeah. And maybe, Ryan, I will also play Metroid Dread, and maybe next time we can both talk about it. I think that sounds like a great plan. We should do that's that. A gr that's a great plan. Two weeks in the video game world is so long, though. Who knows what will happen? Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons & Diapers. Have a great week, everyone. Uh, see you in a couple, and uh, hope everybody stays safe. All right, and we're out. Bye, everyone.